Hello, folks. Gary Washburn here with episode eight of the Washburn Files podcast. And we come to you at, we keep saying that there's uh, tough times in Boston, low points, but this might be the lowest. Um, We come to you after the Celtics blew a 24-point lead on a nationally televised game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Just an embarrassing loss. The nation watched it. It was the only NBA game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, The spotlight was on the Celtics. People want to see how good they are, whether they can compete with Brooklyn, compete with Philadelphia, compete with Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. And the answer was a resounding, at this point, no, not even close. The Celtics led 79 to 55. They led 84 to 63 with just over four minutes left in the third quarter. And let's get into this game. Let's talk, because this is what people want to talk about. Um, What happened, why it happened, why the Celtics just weren't uh, themselves, or maybe they were themselves, why they just didn't close out the game. What happened? The Pelicans looked really beatable the first draft. I'll say 32 minutes of the game, right? The the, the first uh, the first 32 minutes, I thought the, Cel- the the Celtics were the much better team. They looked like the team people have been talking about coming off their win against Atlanta, which is a little bit shaky because they had a 27 point lead go down to eight. But the Celtics were able to respond uh, for the most part the first two and a, two and two thirds quarters. Play good basketball, 21-point lead. That's a game you close out. But a few things happened. One, the Celtics, as has been their habit, got into foul trouble in the third quarter and then started putting the Pelicans on the line so they could score easy points. So the Pelicans turned what was a 84-63 deficit and they just started slowly cutting cutting down the lead. They shot, they went to the free throw line on three possessions in a minute and scored five points off that. The cut at the 84-68. And Brandon Ingram comes back with a layup, 84-70. Aaron Neesmith uh, stops a Celtic scoring skid at three, three plus minutes with an and one, 87-70. But then the key to the game, Zion got going. He hits two consecutive layups to end the quarter. A 21-point lead, just four minutes before. is now down to 13. A 13-point lead, as you guys know, in the NBA is absolutely nothing. That's a couple of three-pointers and some turnovers, and you're in the lead or about to take the lead or close within a possession. I mean, that that's basically a three-possession game. You know, if you count a four-point play in there or some kind of fluke, free throws, that's a three to that's a four to five possession game. That's nothing in the NBA, and so it just unfortunately the Celtics had done such a good job against Zion Williamson. That was what um, I was very impressed with for the first two and a half quarters was just the job that they did against Zion, stuffing up the paint, making it hard on me at four points in the first half. But Stan Van Gundy made two key changes in the third quarter that won New Orleans the game in overtime. One, he started trapping 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at every opportunity, forcing the ball out of their hands so they couldn't make plays. And, of course, as has been the, the issue, the rest of the Celtics couldn't score. Kimba Walker was 5 for 21 from the field, 1 for 12 from the three-point line. I mean, Kimba missed 11 three-pointers Sunday. Some teams don't miss that in an entire game themselves. Kimba missed 11 threes. If two or three or more of those don't go down, the Celtics win. We talk, we're not talking about this. But they didn't. Kimba has to be better than one for 12 for the three-point line or stop taking three-pointers if you know it's just not your night. Um, he just didn't get the – Jalen and Jason just didn't get the help that they, they should have gotten, that, they, that um, would have helped them uh, seal this game. And that's not – they're not above reproach. This is not to say it's, it's nothing to do or they didn't do anything wrong. They botched this game with a couple of plays themselves. But if you're looking at some situations as to why the Celtics blew this game, as I mentioned, it was the basically the trapping of Tatum and Brown. Then Van Gundy decided to let um, Zion handle the offense and run the offense and dribble the ball off the floor. So he wasn't posted up anymore. He wasn't trying to post up uh, uh, Trishan Thompson, and Trishan made it tough on him. They allowed Zion to take the ball off the floor so he gets a running head start. He's 280 pounds, 290 pounds of grown-ass man, okay? Two points here. One, it takes a real, real, real brave cat to take a charge on Zion. Two, Zion gets the calls. From that a veteran usually gets, even though he's in his second year. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Sunday was his 52nd NBA game, okay? But he got a lot of veteran calls. He went to the free throw line 10 times uh, the other night, you know, the, uh, Sunday. I mean, he got, he gets fouled on, on contact. I guess we talk about, like, players like Shaquille O'Neal and other you know, big guys who might not get the calls because they're big and people think that they don't feel the, the, the contact. But this is Zion's in the category of a Joel and B. He gets calls, right? He gets to the free throw line. And that just killed the Celtics. I mean, he finished with 24 points and nine rebounds after halftime. They got him going, the trap basically crippled the Celtics offense one because one the Celtics should have an alternative they should have a counter move to the trap whether it's let Kimba bring the ball up the court or whether it's let someone else handle the ball deal with those traps and so they won't be trapped you're not going to trap Kimba to leave Tatum and Brown open so you've got to let's say let Kimba bring the ball up the floor and initiate the offense you're not going to trap Kimba. You're not going to trap Jeff T. You're not going to trap Peyton Pritchard. Okay. They allowed Tatum to play facilitator, just sort of like Van Gundy did with Williamson, except the Celtics didn't trap Williamson. And maybe that was a problem too. Get the ball at that big man's hands. Because this is the this is the most frustrating part for Celtics fans, I'm sure. Okay. Here's a man who is scoring almost every time down. He's hard to stop. 
It happens. The NBA is full of guys who can score at any moment. So defenses have to counter. You double and triple team that man. You get the ball out of his hands. Either you force him to take shots against triple teams or you force him to pass. You don't force him to go one-on-one. You don't let him go one-on-one. It's too easy. Great NBA players can't be guarded one-on-one. We've seen that. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, LeBron James, you can't guard them one-on-one. You need team defense to stop those guys, to contain those guys. That's not what we saw. The Celtics tried to double at times, Zion, but this is what the alternative would have been. You double and triple Zion. You get the ball out of his hand. You let him spread the you let him spread the ball to his shooters and see if they can hit shots. New Orleans in the second half was four for twenty from the three point line. Okay, they shot twenty percent from the three point line. That's not burning the Celtics defense with him passing. Force Zion to be a playmaker to pass out of double teams to facilitate. That's what you force him to do. If he does that, and guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Nico Melli and Eric Bledsoe can hit three balls, then, hey, that's, what, that's why, you know, that, you just tip your cap. That's it, okay? You, you, you've done all you can. Bledsoe hit five threes. Like they, went, they maybe hit 16, 17 threes. They beat you. New Orleans was 11 for 36 from the three-point line, 30.6%. They went to the free throw line 37 times. A lot of, you know, you can argue some of those calls are controversial. Um, Josh Hart went to the free throw line seven times, you know, and, and if you look at, if you look at a guy like Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown went to the not, line nine times, Tristan six, Kimba three, uh, Tatum actually went to the line 13 times. He missed four of those. Those are costly misses now. They might not have been big deals when it was happening, but when you look at when you definitely look at the um when you definitely look at the numbers, four missed three free throws is a big deal. Uh and Jason's gotta be better from the line. He can't miss four free throws on, on in, in a game. He's too good of a free throw shooter for that. So the Celtics never even dared. Zion to be a playmaker. And I think that's what Celtic fans are upset about. Make this kid have throw this for assists. Make him make him make beat you other than what he wants to do, which is go left, muscle his way to the basket, and score and get fouled. He knows how to score. Like he doesn't need to dunk. I mean, he could dunk on anybody, but he knows how to use the glass. He is good around the rim. You know this. So how do you stop guys? You force them to do things that they don't want to do. Force them to be a facilitator. It, New Orleans is not a great three-point shooting team. So if, if, if Lonzo Ball hits seven threes, then you tip your cap. If that's the only way you feel like you could stop them. My point is, is that the Pelicans are 13-17. to 17. They're 12-17 and 17 entering this game. 17 teams have figured out how to beat the Pelicans with Zion playing. Zion is playing all the games now. He played a, a career-high 40 minutes. Like, you can't let guys like Trey Young and Zion Williamson beat you when everyone knows that's the, that's the scouting report. They're, they're there to beat you. you, you they are the number one option. 
if you if Lonzo Ball goes for 28, if you know, you know, you that's the problem. Brandon Ingram got comfortable because he kept attacking the basket and he and he got comfortable from the three-point line. But you know, Ingram hit five threes, he scored 33 points. But this is a game the Celtics should have won. If they make any adjustments, folks, they made no adjustments. They kept getting blitzed on offense, and then guys did not hit shots. And then on defense, they couldn't stop Zion in the th- after the late third quarter. I mean, they just, it just it, – it's, it's, it's frustrating for a Celtics fans, I'm sure, because if you look at the numbers, like Jalen and Kimba combined them as 32 shots and 18 three-pointers. I mean, that's a lot of missed shots. That's a lot. That can't happen. Two of your best players can't combine to miss 32 shots. And you still have a chance to win the game. The rest of the guys were fine. Tatum, 32 points on 10 for 24. Nine rebounds, two assists. Jalen had nine assists. Kimba, it's a concern. Because he just followed it. He had a nice game. Against the Hawks, it looked like he was coming back. He had the day rest. And you're thinking, okay, another day of rest. They had Saturday off. Sunday game, Kimba's going to be in top form. Not close. One for 12 from the three-point line. He had 14 points, uh, four assists, you know, two turnovers. Just a blah game, just too many open, too many open shots. Because when they're blitzing Tatum and blitzing Brown, Kimba's going to get the open shot. And if you're Stan Van Gundy, you're down 24 points, so you've got to do something drastic. Van Gundy's not going to do this again the next game. Um, He's going to go back to his conventional offense, okay, and he's going to go back to um, what he he usually does, what they usually do, throw lob the ball into Zion, throw out to his shooters, and let Zion go to work. They're not going to let Zion play point forward. But in this situation, he was desperate. So he he did something. He threw a wrinkle into the game. The Celtics acted as if they had never faced a trap before, just like Nick Nurse in the Toronto series. They throw or jump, they throw defenses or Miami in the in the Eastern Conference Finals when they threw a zone. Celtics took two and a half games to deal to find, finally figure out the zone. Like this has to be done. This is what the offseason's about in training camp, how we deal with zones, how we deal with traps. How do we deal with defenses that muck it up or do something uh, gimmicky to try to come back? And that's exactly what happened. Van Gundy was desperate. The team was down 20-plus points. Hey, I'm going to do two things. If they don't work, at least I tried. And they worked. And it's, it, it's sad because the Celtics played a very, very good first 28 minutes. Until about four minutes left in the third quarter, then suddenly they put the Pelicans on the line. Then Zion got going in the fourth quarter. It was just the Celtics then had trouble scoring. They were led 89-76, and then they started. They just they did not score. Jalen a layup here. I mean, they start. It was it was to the point where they were holding them off, and they were up five. And here comes the Pelicans with an 8-0 run. Uh, Zion with a layup, uh, Brandon Ingram with a three, and then Matt Belly comes off the bench and hits a three, and, and suddenly they got the lead. I mean, this is that's just awful. 
It's awful basketball that you can't – in New Orleans, it's not a good defensive team, folks. They're not a good defensive they're, – they're in the bottom 10 in the NBA in def- defense, in, in points allowed. They're not a good defensive team. That's been their issue this year. That's why they're 12, now 13 and 17. They can't stop anybody. If you look in the previous game – the Pelicans' previous game Friday night against the Phoenix Suns, they allowed 41 points in the third, fourth quarter. They allowed 41 to 12 in the fourth quarter. They got embarrassed in the fourth quarter and lost that game. This is not a great defensive team. New Orleans wins by outscoring teams, just like it did. But their defense was very good, or were the Celtics just that bad offensively? I think it's a combination of both. Um, You know, New Orleans was feeling it. They had, they, had, they had a scattered amount of fans, you know, a thousand fans in the stands. You know, it was kind of a home atmosphere for them. They played hard. They just they played the game out, and they sensed that the Celtics, like, you don't think that opposing teams say, listen, the Celt- we can come back. The Celtics blow leads. Just keep playing. You don't think that's that word is out? You don't think that teams look at the Celtics and think we can rally? You don't think when Atlanta was down 27 points, they said, listen, let's just play out. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we can cut cut this lead to 15, then cut it to 10. That's exactly what happened on Sunday. First it was 20, 24, then 21, then suddenly it was 13, then it was 8, then all of a sudden here we go. A team goes on a 9-0 run in a minute. The Pelicans, it was 98-93 Celtics with 5.13 left after Kimba made a layup. The Pelicans went on an 8-0 run over the next minute and a half, 90 seconds. That's all it took for them to take the lead, 90 seconds. These are NBA players. They can score fast. So what happens? What happens is the Celtics have to do better. And I don't know what the first solution is besides, first of all, start hitting some shots. And Brad Stevens has to make adjustments to other teams. Like the, the, I thought they might have learned their lesson from Miami Zone or Toronto's boxing one in the bubble. Obviously, it hasn't because we're still seeing teams come back and and just just stop the Celtics, stymie the Celtics with these type of defenses. These are pros. They're supposed to know how to handle a trap. That's a high school defense. Good high school defenses stop teams with traps. In the NBA, you pass out of it. Why don't teams play a lot of zone? Because NBA guys are skilled enough to beat zones. So you you play it occasionally, every now and then. You play it to, because you can't stop a team with a man-to-man. That's why people don't like – people thought when they let um, allow the zone back into the NBA, when they allow – because when I grew up, I mean, the, the, the pride of the NBA is we don't have zone defenses here. We play man-to-man. Then suddenly that kind of softened. Zone defense was allowed into the NBA, and everyone was – a lot of people were like, well, that a lot of teams are just going to play zone now. It's going to be Syracuse all over again. No, because teams know how to handle the zone. Pro guys know how to handle the zone. So you play it to kind of take a team off guard. The Shaka team – and maybe they take six, seven, eight, ten possessions to figure it out. Okay, the Celtics have to learn how to deal with some of this adversity. They can't fold. They can't fold when Zion gets going. 
They can't fall because there's better players in the league designs. I have an up and coming, he's a rising star. I mean, a, an athletic freak. No one has been in this size in the NBA that looks like him since probably Shaq. Okay. Because I don't, because LeBron, remember, LeBron was skinny when he came to the league. I mean, he was well built. He's a grown man for 18 years old. But you look at LeBron now and look at LeBron his early years with the Cavs. That's a different dude, right? LeBron now grown man. I mean, he big, buff, muscular LeBron. Back then, LeBron had muscles and was, you know, but he was slight. He was he was big for high school, but in the NBA, he was kind of normal, but he was just a freakish athlete. Zion a grown man. But there's 17 teams that figure out a way to how to beat the Pelicans with Zion doing his thing and Brandon Ingram doing his thing. And somehow the Celtics couldn't. And that's the problem. Elite teams figure this out. Elite teams don't blow 24-point leagues. You let a 24-point league get down to 10, then you restore some order, 7-0 run, you knock them out, you say, okay, game over. We, 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 you shook us up. Okay, you got us. Now we're going to come back and win this game. But you see it coming. I remember I was at the game at Smoothie King Center, and you could just see it. I mean, and I don't know how to describe seeing it. But when it was 87-74 at the end of the third, I'm like, ah, this game is in fourth quarters in the NBA are just a it, it's like it's like a whole nother movie. It's a movie. It's a it's a mini series. The first three quarters of the NBA mean nothing. You look at the fourth quarter scores of some of these games, where the team that scores 16 in the third scores 42 in the fourth. Like for whatever reason, the game changes in the fourth quarter. Okay. So you knew that New Orleans was going to make a big punch in the fourth quarter, and it was not the Celtics weren't just going to, you know, slow them down and, and, and restore order. And it just started. The Celtics were up 89-76, and then it turned 91-78. Okay, they're up 13 with 10 and a half left, folks. And then it just started. Zion a dunk, then a, th- a three pointer from from Josh Hart. That's, that makes it an eight-point game. And Tristan has two free throws. But then the Celtics score two baskets over a six-minute stretch. Six and a, six and a, damn, six and a half minutes, two baskets. A Jalen layup and a Kimba layup. You can't have that happen. You got two All-Stars and a guy who's a former All-Star. You can't score two baskets in six minutes against the 22nd-ranked defense in the NBA. That's not how this goes. That's how you lose games. So by that time, they were down 101-98. Then they were chasing. I mean, Tatum had to send it to overtime with a floater almost at the buzzer. And then they come out. Robert Williams opens the game, opens the overtime with a bucket. You're like, okay. And I I believe they got a stop, but the ball went out of bounds like off I think Williams or whatever, the rebound, New Orleans gets the ball back, then Zion hits a hits a uh makes a layup. Like those critical moments where you could go up two possessions, right? You have a chance to go up four or five points. Put them away. Hey, you learn your lesson, you push this to the brink, let's restore order. No, you don't make you don't grab the rebound. The ball goes out of bounds. Um, you miss an easy, you miss an open jumper. You know, things things that are just good teams close out games. And the Celtics right now are not a good team. 
I mean, they're just not. And what can they do? Is it Brad Stevens' fault? Yeah, Brad Stevens got outcoached. Van Gundy outcoached him. That's not good. Dan Van Gundy, if you he, if he ranked him in the coaches, he's the middle of the pack of the NBA at best. Teams were not clamoring to hire Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy has had his moments, but he's not a he's a solid NBA coach, not a great NBA coach. He shouldn't be out coaching Brad. Brad should have counters to whatever Van Gundy brings. You want a trap? All right, I'm gonna like let Kimba bring the ball up the floor, and I'm gonna put. Jalen in the post and, and Jason on the wing. Or I'm going to, like, run an offense that gives, gives Tatum and Brown a chance to post up and then throw, they can throw it out to shooters. But when they throw it out to shooters, the shooters have to, shooters have to uh, make the shots. Right. Because the way I look, okay, here's overtime. So it's 110-110. The Celtics get the ball back. Kimba misses a three. Kimba misses another three. And then Zion gets fouled and splits a pair. Then Jalen misses a three. I mean, just missed shots. Then Tatum misses a floater. Uh, Tice turnover. I mean, then the Celtics still up one. Then Jalen puts him up by two with a finger roll with 102 left. Okay, you're up one, a minute left. Then then the worst happens. The bad luck then comes in. Okay, Brandon Ingram gets fouled. Um, he split, He makes the first. They call a double lane violation on um, Melly and Daniel Tice. I mean, how often do we see a double lane violation in the NBA game? So they call a jump ball. The Pelicans get it, work the clock down, and this is this is what the bad luck comes in. Okay. Zion is penetrating. He's got what I believe is Thompson. He's got sorry, he's got Tice on him. And he's got Robert Williams waiting. Jalen doesn't see Robert Williams behind him. He doesn't know where Williams is. And this is not the first time Jalen's kind of wandered defensively because for young people, defense is more than just like, you got to lock down your man. You got to shut down. Defense is reading, reacting, knowing when to help and knowing when not to help. That's NBA defense. This is not high school defense. Well, I, I locked my man down. My man didn't just score nothing. No, 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 no. Defense is in the NBA is reading, reacting, and, and helping, and knowing when to help and when not to help, and when to help, when it's too much help, or overhelp, as they call it, or you didn't help enough, okay? Because as I mentioned earlier, guys can score against one-on-one, but when do you help? When's the perfect time to help, to force a turnover, or force him to pass? So Jalen wanders over to help on a dribbling Zion, because Zion is just dominating. And what does Zion do? He distributes to Brandon Ingram because Jalen leaves Ingram alone. Ingram has already hit four threes. Boom, he hits a fifth. That's just bad luck. That's a that's Jalen's fault. But it's not that he didn't he latched on defense. He overhelped. He didn't see Robert Williams behind Tice, so he thought if I don't help out, Zion's gonna get a, another layup and potentially an and one. So he leaves 
the the, the best shooter on the the best three point shooter on the Pelicans alone. That's mistakes. That's discipline, lack of discipline. But that's also Jalen trying to overhelp. You didn't blame him for that. That's not like him falling asleep, but like the play with Ananobi. He that one split second where he goes, let me help on Zion. And Zion makes the right basketball play. He dishes out to Ingram bottoms, three-pointer with 30. Like, like that's 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 bad luck. That's bad luck. That's the basketball gods talking to you and saying you don't deserve to win this game because you didn't play the right way. Because you messed around when you had the lead. What happens? Kimba comes back and takes a quick three. Would you have rather Jalen take it or Jason take it? Kimba has already missed his 10 threes. He misses an 11. Then that's it. You know, they had their, they had chances. They tried to foul. And, you know, they, they took it to the final seconds. But, like, if you look at overtime, like, it's just inexplicable. Um, it's just, in, it's just inexplicable. And what do you do? Do you not allow Kimba to keep, do you allow Kimba to keep shooting? What do you do? Kimba, in, a, in overtime, Kimba took three of the Celtics' seven shots and he, and he missed all three. Okay. Um, he missed all three. Jalen Brown got two shots in overtime. Tatum got one. Like, if you're, it's not your night, you got to be distributor. Kimba's got to drive and dish or do something. But if you've missed 10 threes, taking an 11th, oh, this one's going down. Like, I get Steph Curry, but if you look at Steph Curry, if Curry's off, then believe me, Curry has a capability of, of, of be, turning on like a, like, a, like a light. Like, he can become... Back to, you know, bitches Steph Curry in a hot second. So you always guard him. But when he is off, and there's games he's off, he plays more distributor. He handles assists. He becomes more of a decoy. He penetrates and dishes. Okay? That's what Kimba needs to do on these kind of nights. Because if you're Kimba, what are you doing to help the team if you're not hitting shots? You got to ask yourself that. Kimba Walker was, he had 14 points, four assists, one rebound, two turnovers, two blocks, and a steal. Okay. Did he tremendously help the Celtics when, he, because when the shot wasn't going down? No. Jalen had nine assists, and he was seven for 23. Jalen was almost as bad as. But he had 25 points because he went to the line nine times. He hit three threes. He had nine points. And he almost had a triple-double. Almost messed around and got a triple-double. 25, nine assists, six boards. He had three turnovers. The Celtics turnovers wasn't a real issue left. They had, they had 11. That's not terrible. That's good. That's good. That's fine. 11 turnovers is fine. But it's do you help your team win when your shot isn't going down? And that's what Kimba's got to become. If you're if if you are not as reliable offensively as you used to be, then you got to do other things on the floor, man. Defend, get steals, passes. You got to make yourself useful in this game because if not, you're like 
Kimba at five for 18 from the field can't take the most shots at overtime. When he enters, he's five for 18 when he entered overtime. He can't take the most shots. Now they're open. That's true. Hey, it's an open shot. But if you don't, it's not going down. Okay. It might be time just to figure out another way to score, whether it's get to the line or if it's a three, just pull up for, for a short, for a two, and your little sweet spot on the elbow, hit that. Get your confidence up. But don't, don't jack a three. You're, it's 34 seconds left in the game. You don't need a three. It's, it would be nice to have a three, but you need a two. And then you, you get a stop. You still you, you got a chance for a two for one. Okay? So Kimba, does he attack the rim? No, he settles for a three. It's hero ball. That's the problem with the Celtics. Hero ball. Daniel Tice takes a three against the uh, the Hawks last week. They had come all sorry. They had come all the way back against the Pistons. I'm sorry, against the Pistons. The, the Pistons lost. Daniel Tice, 98-95. The Celtics have been down the, most of the game. Here's a chance to, to catch a team slipping, catch a bad team being bad because most bad teams are not that bad. They're just they they're just bad enough to lose. In the fourth quarter, they blow leads. Here, the Pistons asking to be beaten. Tice pulls up, having not made a three the entire night, pulls up for an open three. Hero ball, misses it. What happens? Sadiq Bey comes back, who had hit six threes, hits a three, game over. Shimmy did that the other night against Atlanta. I'll, take, I'll pull up and take an open three. That's hero ball. That's hero ball. Stop doing hero ball. That's what the Celtics are guilty of. I'll take the shot. I'll make this shot. I'll win the game for us. No, because right now you're not shooting well enough. Kimba, that was hero ball. One for 12 from three. You take three more in the overtime. Like, your shot ain't going down. Like, don't jack up a quick three thinking, oh, I'm going to make up for all of what I did. You can't look at it like that. You have to look at it. I'm going to make the right basketball play. I'm going to get the quick two. If if the Celtics had scored two, okay, took their time, scored two, and had to foul, you're putting the Pelicans at the free throw line up one. They might miss one. You could tie it and send it to a second overtime or even win it. There's no guarantee the Pelicans are going to come back and, and make two free throws. And even in that situation, you have a three to tie it. Now you can go for the tie because you've got to. But Kimba, after Brandon Ingram hits the three with 34 seconds left, Kimba, with 23 seconds left, launches a three. At that point, one, that's a hero ball. Two, it doesn't matter. It's not like he had to take the shot because now you're, you've blown the two for one. So now you're trying, you've, you've got to score. Whatever, a two or a three, you've got to score and then foul. If it's a three, then you play D straight up. If it's a two, you foul. But you've got to score. The Celtics are not playing sound, smart basketball. Is that partly Brad Stevens' fault? The answer is yes. He's got to do, so there's got to be some kind of repercussions for that. And these are pros, but, but you can't let guys go out there and play hero ball. That's what's costing you games. Hero ball. Daniel Tice, hero ball. Shimmy. Against Atlanta, hero ball. 
Jason Tatum on several occasions the other Sunday hero ball with those step back fadeaways. He's going back to the Kobe stuff again. Kobe hit those shots. That's what made Kobe Kobe. He always hit those shots. Or most of the time. That's what made him a Hall of Famer, the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. Tatum isn't there yet. That's not his shot. It looks pretty when it goes down. It's a beautiful shot when it goes down. But when it doesn't, then damn it, it's a miss. It's another miss. It's a, and you make it, the spinning, it looks pretty. It looks good on national TV. It looks good on ESPN. It looks good on Twitter. But when it doesn't go down, it's another missed shot. Why not dribble drive, dump the ball, throw an alley-oop to Robert Williams, who was tremendous again on Sunday. Tremendous. And I know there's some times he makes some, some not-so-smart fouls, and he gets, you know, he's getting targeted by the officials. I get that. But eight points, 13 rebounds, three assists, four blocks in 21 minutes for the Time Lord. I mean, what a game. He deserved, he deserved better than, than losing. Okay. He had three fouls. And tw- you know what? He's going to get fouls. But I mean, let me read that again. Eight points, 13 boards, three assists, and four block shots. And he only had one turnover. I mean, 21 minutes. That's solid. Daniel Tice, I don't know why he was in the game toward the end. I would have put Tristan in instead of Tice. Tice had five points, six rebounds, one assist, five fouls, two block, two turnovers, three blocks. It just wasn't Tice's night. He fumbled a couple of key passes. He missed a couple of chip shots at the rim. Tristan, I thought, was playing better. Against Zahn, I thought he was playing better defense. Tristan played 30 minutes. I probably play Tristan more than I play Tice. This just wasn't Tice's night. And they're now they're saying Brad Stevens told us that they're holding back Robert's minutes because they wanted to be fresh for the playoffs because of his endurance and injury history. Okay, the guy's 22. I just think you let him play. I, I, I don't know where that comes from unless you really think he's susceptible to getting hurt again which would be smart. But what do the, the Celtics have to do now? Well, Brad Stevens done one thing. He's shortened the rotation. We haven't seen Grant Williams in a couple of games. We haven't seen um, Jeff Teague in a couple of games. I think he's making some decisions on, okay, these are the guys that I, that I need for us to get to, the, to get to the final level. Okay, I need for us to get to that next level. And, you know... It looks like the Carson Edwards experiment is over. So the Celtics have to, as I said, Brad Stevens is making some some roster, you know, decisions uh, in terms of like who's going to play and who's not going to play. They've got to be more consistent. They got to stop the hero ball. And Brad has to coach better. Brad honestly has to coach better. Like he has to make adjustments. They've got to get into the to the room with all their coaching staff and figure out how do we stop a trap. How do we stop, um, you know, contain players when they're having going off? How do we defensively make adjustments? Because against Trey Young, they didn't make adjustments in the loss to Atlanta. They didn't make adjustments to Bradley Beal against the loss to Washington. They certainly didn't guard Shadiq Bay um, against Detroit. And and last night, you got Zion and Brandon Ingram combining for 61 points. Two guys had half their points. That's you can't have that happen. You've got to have more consistently defensively, 
You've got to have the lack, no hero ball, more distribution. Ball has to move more in the fourth quarter. The ball has been terrible. The ball moves been terrible in the fourth quarter. It's got to be a complete overhaul, or this team's going to be 500. They're going to be this, right now. They're a half game ahead of the Knicks. A seven seed, they would be in the it was if the Knicks win, get pick up a game. The Suns would be the play in if the season ended. They'd be in the play in. But yet they're four and a half back of Philadelphia for first. So there are positives. But if you're the Celtics, this is not one. This is this is a shame. That loss Sunday was a shame. And let's see what happens. Another tough week. Dallas and Dallas with Luka. Then Atlanta, a third time in a week. Then Indiana. Then Washington. Then Toronto. Then the Clippers. Sorry, the Clippers. Then Toronto to end the first half. So you pick a win out of that. Easy win. Maybe Washington at home. But Washington's playing better. Indiana, you they're going to come in on Friday night ready to win. Atlanta's going to be hard to beat in Atlanta. So you name a win, you pick out one. The Celtics could win all those games or lose all those games. And then you got the Clippers in Toronto. The, Toronto's playing better, but the Clippers are one of the top five teams in the league. So it does not get any easier for the Celtics. They botched their chance to the Washington game, one of the Atlanta games. The Detroit game, they botched their chance against the soft part of the schedule. They need to be better. So, folks, that's it for Episode 8. Next week, we'll have a special guest. But we appreciate you listening. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week. You have a good sports week. Enjoy the NSA hoops. Enjoy the NBA. Uh, spring training's kicking in. Uh, just a lot of – it's a fun time. The springtime. Hopefully – please, folks out there, wear your masks. Stay healthy. Don't take any chances out there. Don't go on any these feeder, uh, you know, spreader parties or anything. Just be careful. Respect your elders. Uh, you know, love, love you. Tell your loved ones you love them. And I will see you next week.